Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're discussing the win over Bournemouth, looking ahead to the Cardiff City game at the weekend, and answering some questions sent in to us. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals, and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, how are we? I'm very good, thanks, Tom. Great win at the weekend, so... We're recording Monday morning. Always so makes that, it a bit better, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that jolly feeling from Saturday is extended through to Monday now. Yeah. So, good mood. Yeah. Good mood, yeah. S- such a satisfying weekend. I, I tweeted just after the game, it just makes your weekend, doesn't it? Of course it does, yeah. It makes it... If you, you get a negative result, if you, if you get beat or... Like at Coventry the other week and Coventry equalising in the last minute, it felt uh, like a defeat. It sort yeah. of carry, carries, you know, a bit of a weight on your shoulders all weekend, doesn't it? But no, no, a win, a win puts a spring in the step. I, I went out for a few drinks to celebrate <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Saturday night, which is uh, unusual for me. And then... Uh, what state yeah. were you in Sunday morning? Not too bad, not too bad. But um, <laughs> I've then, my little lad... There's a bit of uncertainty yeah, in that answer. Yeah, my little lad wanted to... He wasn't playing Sunday. And his his team weren't playing, but he wanted to go and watch one of his mates' teams playing. So I went to watch... Uh, Cadley and Maya Skulls under 13s at, oh, at full amateurs. It yeah. was a great... I, I give him a shout out. Yeah. It was a great game to watch. I was really impressed. Uh, one of my mate, one of my lads' mates scored, so oh, right. it was a happy day. So. And you avoided doing the line for a week. I, yeah, I didn't have to. Ru- yeah, it was nice to stand at Ford Amateurs and not <laughs> not stand there with a flag, sort of trying to trying to work out what's offside or not. So it was, it was quite nice. So I had I had a cup of tea served to me by the. Um, Ford Amateurs manager Tony Hesketh oh, right. who also told me that when he was Barrow manager many years ago he did try to sign Ryan Lowe oh, right. so there you go there there. there's the Preston North yeah, there's always a there's always a PNE link yeah so yeah so that was my weekend Tom and here we are on Monday and I'm yes. still still happy yeah right yeah. Bournemouth yeah. Uh, North End go a goal down mm-hmm. and they win 2-1 against I mean the, they're probably going to get promoted they're, they're pretty safe up there but I think I think you could see Bournemouth were a good side on Saturday, but North End were equally as good. I don't think it was a case of North End caught Bournemouth on an off day. I just think North End played up, which we'd kind of mentioned going into it that it can happen, didn't we? Yeah, we've, we've actually got a quite a good record against Bournemouth recently. Mm. When you think about, we've done the double now over them this season. Last season, it was a win down at their place and draw at Deepdale. Mm. Uh, the season then the previous meeting was in one of the cup competitions the Carabao Cup where Mackie not scored so I think yeah. we're unbeaten in five against them and then mm. the the one before that they only beat PNE on penalties in the Carabao Cup I think it was that the season before the Mackie not won yeah. so uh, was that after yeah. beating Watford in the round before yeah I think it, it was one? yeah so so, I've actually, yeah. so we've got a good record against Bournemouth and, and as we alluded to the record against the sides nearer the top of the division mm traditionally with North End tends to be better than a bit lower down and so it proved as you say Bournemouth are a good side mm. I think at the moment they missed the chance to go back second by not beating North End because Huddersfield Huddersfield who don't score goals or they look neat and tidy at North End but I wasn't oh. That impressive. And you them. missed the away game. They yeah. were absolutely shocking in yeah. the away game. North End battered them and just couldn't couldn't score. And then they could yeah. score an own goal. But back to Bournemouth, I I think you referenced on on Saturday. You looked at the team sheet. You looked at their seven subs, <laughs> including Ben Pearson, and yeah. just said any of those seven you'd have in the North End starting eleven. You yeah. know, it's. Um, it, the strength. You know, it's, then, it's a real strong side. And then there's people that yeah. aren't even getting in their squad that are still really good yeah. at this level. Yeah. North End lined up against them 
they have Bambo Diaby making his full debut yeah. on the back of what five minutes as a sub at Coventry, yeah. seventy minutes in a reserve game at uh, Bolton, yeah. and that was that was it. You know, two years <laughs> of no football for the lad in between. There was no Patrick Bauer, there was no Liam Lindsay. Mm. Yet they went Bambo uh, right in the middle as well, yeah. up against twenty goal Dominic Solanke. So yeah. it's a it's a it's 17, a 17 million pounds Dominic <laughs> Solanke. I, I, they've, I, they've overspent there. You well, don't like him, I know that. No, I can tell. He winds me up so yeah. much. He's just not that good. And for the chances <laughs> he gets, he should score more. I, I I tactically waited until after North End had played, and then I tweeted to say it's a bit much. But yeah, yeah I, I waited. I mm. waited just not to jinx them. Yeah. Uh, but in the middle of the defence, mm. started off a bit shaky, just a bit. But he was entertaining. Yeah, we'll give him yes. that. He was entertaining throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting start, as you'd kind of expect. But even within that, so he'd be a little bit shaky, be a little bit, mm-hmm. a bit um, box office maybe. But then he'd pick out this forty-yard pass yeah. along the ground that cuts through the midfield, and you think, "Wow, what a ball!" He's, and he, he, yeah. he looked really progressive, really, really good eye for a pass. Yeah. I think if you if you were watching that game after the first 10-15 minutes and you didn't know either team, you didn't know anything about the players, you would have just have looked at him and go. Yeah, championship defender. You know, yeah. probably played twenty games this season. He, he he settled in really well. As I say, that first few few minutes were a little bit iffy, but I think the whole side were to start yeah. with a little bit hesitant. Bournemouth had a lot of the ball, which I think Ryan Lowe alluded to afterwards. In the game plan was like they weren't going to press them too much to start with. Let them have the ball a little bit, mm. but let them have it where it wasn't going to hurt. And while Bournemouth did have a lot of that play early on, not really. The whole game, really, they didn't sort of threaten North End too much. Obviously, there's the Everson save we'll get to later, which was a set piece. Yeah. But there wasn't too much carving North mm. End open. So, from a defensive point of view, that was really good. I and think, then, I think there's a clear plan from North End mm. to basically let teams have it early doors yeah. and, and dominate. I mean, it happened a bit of commentary. I think that was less by design than... They dominated more than than the North End I think intended to, mm-hmm. but the plan was to let them to let them have it, see how they go, and see how you can damage them. Bournemouth they seemed to get it spot on because Bournemouth had all the possession, never really broke North End down, and then they finally got into the game. I thought the midfield couldn't keep the ball at all early mm-hmm. doors; they couldn't connect passes or anything. But then they build into the game, build into the game, and mm-hmm. they were they were more than a match, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah, you might have a bit of a tactic, let them have the ball, but now mm-hmm. that can be a disaster if suddenly yeah. you. You know, they're going down the size of you slinging balls into the box all the time and it's desperate defending and you get your keepers having to make saves left, right and centre. But if you can sort of let them have it where it's not going to hurt them, Mm. it's a sort of case of sussing them out. So maybe that early energy teams have, maybe saps them of it a little bit. When you look at North End's record... They've only scored one first half goal under Ryan Lowe. Mm. What what they played now fifteen games, I think, mm. in in league and cup. So that that tells you something that North End Lowe's tactic. Well, I'm sure he'd love yeah. an early goal or two sometimes. At half time, I don't of course, would, anyone would. <laughs> but he's obviously got confidence in the players yeah. that they can build into a game and finish strongly if you know what I mean and, and he's had to rein in DJ and Brown because they were speaking uh, Brownie was speaking was it press or I think it was post-match maybe and he'd said that it, it, that Ryan Lowe had pulled him and DJ in and said you need to ju- 
just slow down a bit on the press because we were saying basically because they played under Alex Neal, mm-hmm. they naturally want to be on the front. They're naturally pressing and, and things like that. Whereas Ryan Lowe said, just just don't go too much because players aren't necessarily following them. They're getting picked off and they're happy to kind of sit in and scope out the opposition. Yeah, yeah. So, so for... We know Ryan Lowe is an attacking manager, mm. but he's also a sort of tactical one at times. Mm. He doesn't mind waiting a little bit. At times, I know it frustrates a few people that sometimes the ball does go back and the centre-halves free play it around at the yeah. back a little bit. Sometimes, rather than the sort of hoof sight yeah. shout that you get, sometimes you do got to sort of play around with it and just wait for gaps to appear. Yeah, because they do go back. Mm. fairly often from halfway yeah. where mm. it's, it's not immediately on we'll go back we'll reset and we'll we'll yeah. they kind of back themselves to get themselves straight up to halfway again yeah. pretty quick and things like that don't they yeah but but you look at the Bournemouth match yeah got to half I thought yeah iffy first 15 well not iffy but like playing into the game mm. North End started to get into it a lot more there were a couple of good chances for Archer one he put just over the bar you think he'd set up with link link with DJ and yeah. there's one where Evans closed um, their defenders down well and set up a chance for him. Then there was a DJ pass for Archer in the box, which he shot and the keeper set, stuck out his leg to save. Yep. So the chances were sort of starting to come at the end of the first half, sort of last 20, 25 minutes of the first half. So it was really frustrating, I thought, when Bournemouth took the lead five minutes into the second half. Cheap way to concede, Cheap I Cheap goal, thought, yeah. yeah. Guy gets the ball on the left right footed yeah Jaden Anthony right footed in swinging cross low and it was a sort of Hughes he left it Andrew Hughes left it a little bit for Everson Everson left it for Hughes to clear yeah I think it should have been Hughes clearing myself of where it was and to be fair Jamal Lowe good bit of forward play there Mm. saw sniffing it out yeah it it wasn't it wasn't a guilt edged opportunity you know another strike it could have just the ball could have travelled across the six yard box and you wouldn't have thought anything about it but mm. it, you saw that little bit of hesitancy from from Hughes nipped in there one touch sort of sidestepped yeah. across Everson and put it in so it was a disappointing way to as a right winger as well he's brought himself in in mm. to attack I suppose you always say you meant to attack the far yeah. post but he's timed it very well hasn't he to basically just come in and yeah. stroll straight past the well, easy. It, it made it look easier than it, it probably yeah. is considering the positional play that gets him to make that chance they play 4-3-3 Bournemouth mm. didn't they so the strikers at times are quite narrow they're almost like second strikers aren't they so mm. they got him in there but what were key <clears throat> we spoke about this on our post-match videos that we do that we put mm. on attached to our stories on the website on wlep.co.uk <laughs> yeah, yeah but we spoke about the the swiftness of North End's equaliser you don't against teams any team you don't want to be chasing a game for that long yeah. uh, if you have to and it works you know you do get an equaliser happy days but ideally you don't want to be behind for too long and the fact North End got what four minutes and mm. they were back level you know really nice goal I thought I think Set one ahead of down the right. DJ picked it up, uh, left footed down the right wing. I noticed mm. DJ was pulling more towards the right in the last couple of games, yeah. and, and Brownie on the left a little bit more. I think I mm. remember saying it to you. I think it's happened more since Greg Cunningham got injured. Yeah, maybe because when yeah. Greg Cunningham was there, he did kind of seem to stay down the left. And I did ask 
Uh, I don't know if it was DJ or Brownie. I asked one of them about it, and he said it's just naturally where they've ended up. It's yeah. not. It's not a, no, a thing where before yeah. the game they say I'm going to play here or there. Yeah. It's just kind of. It's he, he said. I think it speaks speak to DJ. He said it kind of more suited him left footer on the left side. Yeah. Obviously that's that's changed now. Yeah, but he went down the right side, didn't he? Cross with his right foot. Nice mm. square ball into Archer penalty spot. He was on the spot when he Archer does what? Nice Archer little. Does. Just brought it under control and tucked it in past the keeper. Mm. Off the inside of the post. Yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that on the day. Yeah. I yeah. only noticed it, seeing it back, that it came off the post. But he yeah. just such a good finish. It was just basically what you'd want a striker to do. Mm-hmm. Receives the ball in the box, gets a shot off quick time, and it's yeah. right in the corner. What can you do about it? And then as, as the second half went on, I thought, well, you get one all against Bournemouth. Some managers, a lot of managers, mm. would have shut up, right, we'll have a one all here. But I suppose now, North End have had quite a lot of drills this season. Probably another, one, at home. another one wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have been sniffed at against Bournemouth because yep. of where they are in the league, but it still wouldn't have been too helpful. Yeah. But the fact that they, they pushed for the win, they made three changes. The first one was an interesting one. Ali McCann coming on for Josh Earl at left back. Josh would just, we know he's not having much joy, mm. not, not much fun down that left side from an attacking point of view. Defensive, I don't think he's too much of an issue there yeah. he, he's doing his job but getting forward he seems to have this little default setting at the moment to try and move inside which might come from playing under the previous regimes where they wanted more movement inside like that yep. but, uh, but he put he put Ali McCann on there which is I think I think it was counting up I think it was about seven or eight different players have filled in at left back mm. left wing back these, you know, over Ryan Lowe's reign, whether it's starting a game, coming on as a sub or being moved there. For example, DJ even moving yeah. into a sort of left wing back slot at Coventry the week before. And as we've talked about and written about a lot, we're not playing wing backs as a sort of full back type, yeah. or we're playing them as sort of. It's more like a right and left midfielder. Yeah, yeah, a, pushing on. Yeah. So. You got Ali McCann there, and I thought he really did make a difference. You know, he, 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 you want your subs to impact a game, and High Forty did. I think one of his first runs was a very attacking run, mm. and he even got beyond the strikers. He mm. got into the box, and I think the keeper came out and gathered it. But it's what you wanted. Just, just gave us a bit more added attacking inf- impotence, influence, and then um, after that, then there was a double change. It was like. ML Reeves for Chad Evans, yep. which seems to be the standard change at the moment. Yeah, it's one of the two, isn't it? It's yeah. either Evans is coming on for Reese or, or Reese is coming yeah. on for Evans. And then the interesting one as well, took Brad Potts off at right wing back, mm. put uh, Josh Murphy on. Sir so Bradley Potts. Yeah, Sir Bradley Potts, yeah. <laughs> and then you got Josh Murphy, a winger, yeah. by trading, attacking, very, very attacking winger playing there. So you, you, it is the old defending with four, attacking with six there. It really was. And, yeah. uh, and in the end... Um, Emil Reese, super. Mm. I was. He's got seventeen goals this season. Five of them have come after the in the eighty ninth minute or later. Mm. That includes the one against Cheltenham in the Carabao Cup, but there's a two against Sheffield United in the two different games. There, yeah. uh, he scored another late one, eighty one minutes at Middlesbrough. Mm. So six goals in the last ten minutes of games. So and there's the one against like Bristol two, City two, yeah, was the, yeah. the, the, the very very late one. That was like. Yeah, thousandth and fourth minute, I think <laughs> it was, wasn't it, when that one went in? Yeah, but he's obviously got a knack of scoring late yeah. on. He's uh, a, as his agent was telling him. Yeah, yeah, he referenced us. Yeah, my, yeah. My agent, my agent was saying, uh, was saying, I score most of my goals late on. So even if I'm on the bench, it's not too bad. His agent's probably there, putting the counting down, ready, ready to negotiate another contract, yeah, yeah. sort of a, a sub fee, a sub appearance yeah, fee, yeah. or something. New, new bonus scheme in his contract. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
But no, it was again. It was uh, it was a fine finish by Reese. He hadn't scored for a few games, and mm. sometimes strikers can lack a little bit of confidence. But Brown knocked a little ball through to him, and he just chased it down the side of their defense, took him into the box, and we were right behind it. And I yeah. thought the keeper left quite a big gap across him at the far post. And yeah, because it's not quite in the corner. If no. you watch it back, the, the finish yeah. isn't actually that far in the corner, no. but the keeper he finishes had left him it well. Really though, what a what a strike, what yeah. a he put his. Uh, laces through that yeah. one didn't he don't think he knows finish. any other way no no he's not one for tappings is he no. really so uh no no but it was uh it was a, a, a very nice finish from him and uh, uh we got you know stood in front goals. of the town end you yes. know sort of folded arms look yeah. at me sort of thing 17 goals it's great 13 in the championship mm. it's good going yeah, tom definitely. it's really good going yeah especially for how Stop start the start of his yeah. North End career was. Yeah. You and know. even this season, you know, he's had a few games on the bench and I think yeah. this was his third on the bench, uh, third game in the row on the bench and he's, he's been in and out. And sometimes from Reese, if he, if he starts and doesn't score, you don't get you don't get a lot yeah. from him. You do, yeah. he works, but he doesn't seem to have affect the game too much. But um, I suppose quite a few strikers can be like that. Mm. But, but when he does, you know, he, he can't complain with that record if... Yeah. If, if 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 there's someone else in the championship, if there's another striker who's got himself 13 championship goals and a few more in the cup, we'd be looking at him and going, oh, I wish we, 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 wish we had someone what, like that. What, 21 years old, 22 yeah, years old, however yeah. old he is? I, can't remember. I think 13 in the league is something Brown and Robinson both finished with a few seasons right. ago. Yep. So if he can get himself a couple more yeah. to, to take him beyond that, it'd be quite significant. Though. Yeah. Um, Ryan Lowe post-match was saying he wants five extra goals from uh, M.O. Reese. his response well he's going to have to start me then yeah I thought that was brilliant <laughs> I thought that was brilliant and I like the, I, I thought I thought he, he's a real honest lad M.O. Yeah. when you interview him it's it's part of the language you think you mm. know when his second language you can't sometimes dress up yeah his answers a no bit flowery there, yeah. a bit not going around the houses like you do in your mother language really yeah. but um um, but then Ryan Lowe was quite honest afterwards. You know, he, I said, I had you know Reese giving you food for thought coming off the bench and scoring, yeah. and he said it, to quote Ryan Lowe himself, he says that one was a shove it up the gaffer <laughs> yeah. that quotes type goal because it's sort of I was toying with playing him. He said mm. I was toying with putting him and Archer up front on the Friday, but then decided on the Friday before the game, he'd start with Evans. And so it was almost his way of saying, yeah, I left him out again. But when I put him on, he then yeah. showed me and made my job harder for next week because you think after that goal, Reese is right for coming back in, but you never know. It, Cardiff away might just be the game mm. where you need to keep that's Evans it. in, but it, it's part, that, that's part of the manager's job for this week. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Bambo Diaby and how good it was to see him back, how well he played, but also Josh Murphy to come back. And after so long out, mm. it's, it's nice to see him back as well. Yeah, any player coming back from an injury you want want to see. He came on loan, I think he had seven sub-appearances mm. and then got injured in October. He, he did an ankle ligament and then coming back from that, he was getting quite close to playing again. He, I think he tore a calf muscle in training, so he, which I suppose can happen with rehab after a bad yeah, injury. Yeah, it's compensating yeah. and stuff like that, isn't it? But he's yeah, but he's not the best of luck. We want it's a bit stop start for him because he came on for t this twenty minutes, but he can't play at Cardiff next Saturday because he they're his parent yeah. club and you yeah. can't play against them. I know Set did against 
you know, against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, but it's different rules for the cup. It's mm. at the discretion of each, you know, like the parent club. If, but in the league, it's just a sort of no-no sort yeah. of. You know, you can't, shame. can't play. So Gives a different uh, option down the right side, doesn't he? does, he? yeah. Or even the left. And the thing is with Murphy, you know, like, yeah, he'll come in, he comes in for this one, he'll probably play in the reserves on Tuesday. Yep. Can't play at Cardiff. Then you've got Luton next week. But then after Luton, North End don't play for two and a half weeks. Yeah. You know? So you've just got to use that international break, I suppose, to really work on his fitness. But yeah. yeah. No, but he's an option, you know. Like, as a, when... when, when it's a bit of a, not a strange signing, but when North End was signing a winger on deadline day, it was like, well, don't they need a striker? Mm. And in the end, he was sort of marketed as a second striker or he could play at wing back. Yeah. Um, whether Frankie McAvoy would have played him as a wing back because he wanted more. Yeah, he wanted more defensive. More, yeah, yeah, like a lot of managers do. But low playing wingers out there or wide midfielders or something. Probably, probably fits more now into yeah, that. You know, definitely, so. definitely. Uh, and we will also mention the probably the best save I have seen in person from Daniel Everson. Mm. Nat Phillips heads at goal from a corner. We were right behind it from where the press box was on the on the Finney side. So the corner's taken between the Finney and the cop. So it's come from this side. Phillips's header looks. I, I can't describe how destined for the corner this header looked you're just waiting for the net to go you're just like oh well there that goes and Daniel Everson tips it round the post yeah. unbelievable save unbelievable he, he seemed to grow an extra sort of foot yeah. didn't he as he drive the corner and what impressed me when I've watched it back a few times is that Philip Billing the big number 39 was mm. right by the back post so if Everson had just got a hand to it and just managed to flip it up in the air get anything it would have left him with a sort of simple nod at goal yeah. but the fact that he, he got enough on it to take it past the post as well and take it beyond, you know, sort of. You see Billing's face, he, he just looks at it, oh my God, yeah. you know, how's he managed to do that? And, and Phillips must have been thinking, you know. Yeah, got, what more can I do? Goal. Yeah. He, he almost seemed like he was wheeling away a little bit when you when you mm. watch the, well, the he, replay. He, he could, you could forgive him, him for that, yeah, really. Yeah, it was absolutely. a good header, you know, it was a good corner and he got he sort of sort of a sort of stooping diving header, wasn't mm. it? But to get the angle he did on it, it was pretty impressive. But, yeah. A bit of what shouldn't go amiss was that corner came from a great sliding tackle by Alan, Alan Brown. Brown in his own six-yard box on Ryan Christie, yeah. which the lad was waiting to pull the trigger from an angle. Whether he would have scored, I don't know, but it would have been sort of shot on goal there. Yeah. And Brown, Some Brown, recovery run. It was Brown recovered, you know, yeah, it conceded the corner, but yeah. So I think both mentioned that, but the timing of it from Everson... Oh, you know, one, does, of, one, one of Preston's two great Danes. Yeah. So, um, where does Everson rank as goalkeeper? Yeah. What, what in my time watching North End up there with one of the best? He really. So does. he's going to be. Watched some good, I've watched some good goalkeepers, and I've he's going to be up bad. against Loners and Pickford, maybe. Yeah, and Nash was a good goalkeeper. Yeah, he was. Me going further back, Tom showing me age. <laughs> I was brought up on Roy Tunks. Right. He was a great goalkeeper, different era. Mm. Um, but you know we've been we've had David Lucas Teppy yeah. Moylan and yeah. John Vaughan over the years have all impressed in different ways you know but I think potentially because of his age and what club he's, he's alone at yeah. and what he could potentially go and be he is up there with one of the one of the best you know? in terms so, of PNE performance right if you go say the modern ones I don't know Nash Loners Pickford mm, 
Everson. Yeah. How, how are you ranking? Well, I think short term, I think what we saw, it's different moments in time, isn't it? Mm. What, what you need from your goalkeeper at that point of view. But I thought Pickford was so good in that sort of four months he was here. Yeah. In the champ, we were new to the championship. He was new to the championship. Yeah. His distribution was excellent. <sighs> I think that sets him aside that flat kick that he has. Oh. Yeah. Every game, before every game, he'd get about five roll back to his left foot, corner, uh, edge of his six yard box. And then five roll back to his right yeah. foot, his weaker foot, and every single one would go flat, mm-hmm. high enough that it, no one's going to get ahead of it, but mm-hmm. flat right to the edge of their box. It was unbelievable. Yeah. His, his kicking. Yeah, and I know we got a question on Twitter: How much would he cost? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think Leicester would consider selling a twenty-three-year-old keeper at the moment, oh. especially if you potential. pull out of his highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, they, they they'll be keeping a close eye on him. The, the thing is, though, if he did go back to Leicester at the end of the season. And sort of what's going to happen to him next season? Mm. You're still thinking he ain't going to be Leicester's first choice goalkeeper. No, no. You're looking, and Ward signed a new contract last summer, yeah, didn't he? So he's clearly happy to be number two. Yeah, you're looking at Schmeichel as your number one still for another two or three years or yeah. four, you know, unless so maybe another season with us. Yeah, yeah. So, wouldn't mind it. Yeah, wouldn't mind, you know. So yeah. I say probably. He, he's had to do more kicking since Ryan Logan. Yeah, that's his the only downside of his yeah, game. His yeah. kicking is not great. Yeah, it's not as good as his shot stopping, is it? No, but it's something it's to work insane. on. And he said it's, he, it was a style he played in for the under-21s and youth mm. team at Denmark. And then when he went on loan to the Belgian club, they played that style coming out from the back a little bit more. So he said he'd done it before, but it wasn't exactly something... He was too used to, so yeah. he's learning with the rest, you know. So, uh, but no, but no, he's a, he's a damn good keeper. I don't think he'd be available, mm-hmm. you know. If you really, Leicester will be entitled to ask double figures millions for him, yeah, at least because he's still yeah. got another 10, 12 years of his career left, yeah, and they've got to consider that. I they? think before he came on to North End on loan, he'd recently signed a five year contract, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're and he's well, very much involved yeah. in every pre season mm-hmm. schedule that they have, so yeah. he's, he's always around the first team. It's not like he goes back to the 23s and he, no. mm-hmm. he's not the the senior yeah. team are not aware of him they very yeah. much are well last summer it was a bit skewed wasn't it because yeah the two keepers have been at the Euros yeah. as keepers so he was needed for the pre-season friendlies yeah with a couple of other I think he was rotating with two or three other keepers so there wasn't he didn't actually get a lot of pre-season action but yeah. uh, so no I'd be interested but I just don't think they'll be in a position to to sell but in the end I know someone's tweeted as what what price for him I think Leicester will be entitled to ask for double figures millions yeah, at the moment. I agree. In the current market. Now you can knock them down, but whether that would happen, yeah. it might just be a case if you want him back, it might be another season's loan. And Which is co- not unusual for a goalkeeper. No. You know, you know, keepers get better as they, as they go on. Yeah. The Premier League teams, when you look at them, they don't tend to have too many young goalkeepers in, mm. do they? They tend to have him out on loan, sort of chiselling off those rough edges. And yeah, they're either very young <laughs> or out on loan. Yeah. For example, you know, take Kelleher at Liverpool's what, like twenty-one or something. Yeah. He's been there like since very young, and yeah. he, was, he was quickly promoted. But he's only anyone just in coming that into in between, it though, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, anyone in between that early age mm-hmm. and being a first-team age, so mm-hmm. you're probably looking like 26, 27 maybe for a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Anyone in between there are generally out on loan to yeah. until, yeah. They're, until they're ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, of course, a Mr Pearson that came off the bench. Yeah, Benjamin. Uh, Bournemouth. 
or Benji, Benji as, I know, as noted, yeah. DJ called him that after the match. Benji, I think how he you fell doing? out during the game. Those yeah, two, I think. Did you see Alan Brown pushing to the floor as well? <laughs> I think there was a bit of a rough house stuff, but because yeah. um, he'd he'd he'd, yeah. uh, he'd called him out a little bit, didn't he, yeah. Alan Brown, in, going into the game, which I quite found. Well, quite you d- fun. you did the press conference last Thursday because mm. my car was poorly. I, I was yeah. sat waiting for the AA guy while you were doing press conference. You, no, you were sat at Costa, Dave. Yeah, well, my car broke down outside <laughs> Costa. No, I was sat with my car actually, but. <laughs> But no, you you did the press conference and Alan Browns you said called Ben Pearson out, but as the video shows, he did it with a big big Irish grin on yeah, his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew what cheek. he was doing, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, it was so funny. But Piero only came on last ten minutes. You mm. know, like I was surprised he even came on though when they yeah. were chasing the game. It yeah. was an interesting change. Maybe they weren't chasing. Maybe yeah. just they were happy, happy with for a, a draw point. away yeah. from home. I suppose. Reading Scott Parker's comments, he was thinking. Bournemouth contributed to North End's win a little bit with the way they were playing. He so said, he was just happy to take a point yeah, and I think get he out was, of there. I think he was realising North End were getting on top. But Piero came on, played last 10. Mm. Brownie put him to the floor <laughs> yeah. and you saw his arms come up. Yeah. DJ, DJ fouled him, got a yellow card. Um, and I noticed actually the, the Nat Phillips header, which we just talked about, and the DJ save. Uh, DJ save. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Everson, they're both Daniels, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, He's actually, Piero is actually starts off hugging Bam- Bambo Diaby from behind, you know, right. like he can somehow get his arms around, but uh, <laughs> but no, he's, he's in there. And yeah, he was all action Piero. He got a few boos when he came on. He got a few cheers, yeah. you know. He's all pantomime villain stuff. So he, in the end, he didn't influence the game. It was Gordon. Afterwards, we do our interviews by the side of the pitch mm. in the COVID area. You don't you don't go in press rooms or anything, or if you're not on Zoom. So we're still by the side of the pitch, and Piero having come on as sub, he's doing his warm down stuff, wasn't some he? Warm out, yeah, down, it was some warm down gym session. Yeah, yeah, because he'd done all the running. You know, we we mm. we see a lot of home North End home games in a way. The players who haven't featured as so, you know, been on the bench who haven't yeah. been used much. They go out and do a few sprints with a fitness coach, bit of running, you know, work a sweat up. Sometimes have a game of five a side. Mm. But Piero were doing that with Bournemouth. But then they, they had the weights out, yeah. didn't they? They had the dumbbells. Kettlebells. And the kettlebells, yeah. everything, and yeah. It's like mat machine thing. Do you yeah. know, like the, like, it was like a vibrator sort of machine, but yeah. it, it was one where you clip yourself in and have to jump against the resistance yeah. and stuff. It was, they it was work weird. They were doing they, a full, yeah, yeah, a full gym session after yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just as Piero was finishing that, DJ came up the tunnel <laughs> having had his shower ready to go home. You saw him. It was, Benji, how yeah. are you doing? And he had a right little good natter sat yeah, on, the, yeah. uh, on, the, on, on the advertising boards at the side. So yeah. I think that shows it what football's about. Your old teammates, you, yeah. for 90 minutes, you go Wind against each other. up on the pitch and then you let do, it you go. You do anything about it. You'll kick them, you'll do whatever. But afterwards... It was the equivalent of going for a pint after the yeah. match, innit? But you obviously don't. But yeah. um, no, but it, no, it was good to see. But you know, you, you think what Ben Pearson could bring to North End, for example, he sat there on Bournemouth's bench. I know, but, yeah. I know. Which is which is like we said before, it's the same mm. with half of the people on yeah, Bournemouth's it bench. It's crazy. Mm. Uh, but attention instead now turns mm. to Cardiff City. Yeah, um, two trips to Wales this season. Yeah, crap. Yeah, if I may say, sort of two-one defeat to Cardiff in the cup. And a 1-0 defeat to Swansea. Swansea. So it's about time Ryan Lowe got a win in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> not, not having the best of seasons, Cardiff. I expected them to do better. Picked up, though, haven't they? Yeah. You had them as playoff contenders, Tom. I, I, yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. I did have them as playoff contenders before. But until quite recently, they, they were sort of down at the bottom, weren't they? But he's, mm. he, 
Steve Morrison's turned them. They like him there as well. They've, they've, they've got themselves on a good run. Got yeah. Jordan Hugo playing for him now on loan. Yeah, yeah. yeah they won like, the last two, Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. So the, they have improved, mm. and uh, I think they had some couple of wins before that as well. So mm. uh, yeah, tough game I think, but be nice. We went there in January. It was in the FA Cup, and because of their restrictions, it was behind closed doors then. It was horrible. Mm. It was it was yeah. horrible. It was back to last season. It was, yeah. It was it was a poor On game. S4C. Yeah, nothing in it. You know, it was a poor game. No atmosphere. It went to extra time, and they scored near the end. And it yeah. was like, phew. and North End had that penalty turned down. Yeah, the last yeah, minute. yeah. When the when the lad caught the ball, Nelson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah basically, punched it away when yeah. Chad Evans was going yeah. for it. Yeah, and the referee saw sort of yeah, saw a foul push, by yeah, Chad. Yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, tough game. But you know, I think North End are better than they were in January. They've improved their side since then, and uh, I'd like to think it's the sort of game they should be going there and mm. getting something from. Although we're back to what North End is better against the yeah. top teams rather than the the lower teams. Yeah, like you say, against a former player in Jordan Hugel, he's got two goals this season. But mm. as I mentioned earlier, they do have some. Good players in there. I yeah. mean, the top scorer at the moment is Aidan Flint mm-hmm. and, and uh, on Centre five off. goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's been so the that's, problem, hasn't it? That's yeah. a threat for them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's probably the nature of the championship that they're down there, even yeah. though they have they do have quality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no more Kiefer Moore, yeah. who wasn't having the greatest of seasons no, anyway. No, he's in and out, wasn't he? Because of injury and the illness. Yeah, but you know, when. You were saying then, when do you start going, North End should beat these teams yeah. and we're going to be disappointed if they yeah. don't? Because you've kind of got to set yeah. a point where you start judging them as a, a top half side, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, you should be beating those in the bottom half. Of course you do, yeah. So it's never been a place North End that particularly done great at. Mm. The part was probably, I've watched a few draws there over the years as a fan. I know we won there four nil the first game of the millennium, uh, the new millennium. They on, on the Moisey, I think they won once on the Billy there. But it tends to be a lot of draws and mm. sort of a bit of a bitty game down there. I don't One of my like. first games in the job was uh, away at uh, Cardiff, and I think North End drew nil nil. It was a lunchtime, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. McGuire had a few chances. Yeah, it yeah. probably should have won. Yeah, but yeah. it was nil nil. But no, but it, if they want to stay in that. Playoff contention. I know mm. it's a tall order if North End are going to hit that top six. There's mm. a lot of sides to get up over, and they've played more That's games the than issue. the other teams. It's only five yeah. points, yeah. but there's yeah. six teams yeah. that they have to overtake. Yeah, but ideally, you know, you've got to be going to Cardiff and keeping after a good win against Bournemouth. Back to back wins would make such a difference, wouldn't it? You mm. know, so if you could go down there and and get two wins on the bounce to send yeah. you into the Luton game, which is another tough one. Said a lot this season that that streaks are very important, and if Mm. they can go on a winning streak, you know it really changes the way the table looks, doesn't it? Under under Ryan Lowe, we've not done more than two two wins on the bounce. Mm. Frankie had a sort of four wins at the end of last season. Um, but under Alex Neal as well, I don't think it was ever more than sort of three or four wins on the bounce. But that's the sort of thing we need to be putting together. If yeah. you've got those intentions of shooting yourself up the league, you need that sort of you know you need these the really good teams string a good run of wins together. You know, North End have got a great unbeaten record and stretches of unbeaten games. There's often a few draws in there. What's going to make the difference now is like winning two or three together. Yeah, that's it. That's what separates teams from mm. being near the playoffs and being in the playoffs. Even yeah. when Rovers were getting right up there, yeah. speaking to 
my mates who are Rovers fans, they say like, what's going on? We, we just win. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even played that well. We whoa, just whoa, win. We whoa, find whoa. a way to win. Can I pull you up here? You've got friends who are Rovers fans, Tom? Uh, yes. Do unfortunately. You? If yeah. you tell me you've got friends with a Blackpool fan, I'm just... No, I don't. Well, I don't, I don't. No, I draw the, I'll draw the line there. To be fair, I didn't know they were Rovers fans before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We play from a football team, so... We have got colleagues who are Burnley fans. I'll just yes. accept that. Yeah. 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 Although, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, lost 2-1 at home uh, to Cardiff. Yeah. It was just after... Um, Morrison took over, was it? It not? was, yeah. North End took the lead in that. Maguire yeah, yeah, scored yeah. early on, and it looked like, well, happy days, here we go. And then they scored twice after half time from set pieces. Yeah, they brought Collins they? off the bench, who yeah. just had a really good game, and just, just North End couldn't no. deal with him in defence. Always plays well against us. Mm. Got a good record, yeah. And was it McGuinness scored the yeah. other? Yeah, he, he got the first, and, and, and Collins the second, and it was a poor game that. And I, I think that was one of the games which was put McAvoy on his. A slippery slope. Especially having took the lead. Yeah, yeah. They lost that one and they picked up a little bit more, but then, mm. again, another defeat. And I think that one was the one where and it, they started to think about a change, I think, at that point. It kind of shows what Cardiff can do on the day, though, because, like I say, when they brought Collins on, they looked a different team and they mm. can they can perform, Yeah, you know, even though even if they are down there. Mm. But uh, we shall see. Uh, will um, Ryan Lowe go with Chet Evans? Or Emil Reese from the start, do you think? That's it. If it's going to be a big physical battle, it might be the one where you still start with Evans and bring Reese on as your uh, your last twenty. I think I'm, I'm segueing there into yeah, a little yeah, yeah. pre. I'm just, a, a, I'm just a, getting a pre, it up on my laptop as well. A pre-recorded chat we had there. Yes. So yeah, it, we've got it, some questions in it's from gonna Twitter. Be an interesting one, yeah. Because at the moment, it's going to be. Cameron Archer next to one of those yeah. other two. There will be probably a game where Archer ends up on the bench if they're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And it was the way when he first came yeah. in, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't outperforming others necessarily. Mm-hmm. And they'd sw- swap all three around. Yeah. In the end, Archer's form has been the most consistent. Yeah, and, and he's got his fitness legs. Yeah. You know, his match fitness legs. In a similar yeah. mould to Emil Reese as yeah. well, mm-hmm. you can afford to drop one of them Yeah, from yeah. the start, for example. But it's quite probably quite... Um, Ryan Lowe said to us after the game the reason he, going back to the Reese stick one up the gaffer sort mm. of uh, <laughs> quote it was like he was thinking of Reese, but he ended up with Evans on the pitch mm. as starting because he felt to get North End high up on the pitch to start with he needed Evans out there winning the battles and everything and then tiring their defence out I suppose ready for Reese to come on and, and play and it, it's quite a nice position when you can put someone with 16, 17 goals yeah. on the bench and bring them into the action like that. Yeah. So we, mm. we had a uh, question from Twitter. I'm not going to read the handle out because it's not PG. Mm. But uh, Emma Reese on the bench whilst on 17 goals, surely Emil stretches the defence and then Ched punishes tire legs. Yeah. I think it's the opposite. Yeah. I think Ched goes in there, beats him up for 70 minutes, yeah. then Emil Reese comes on and they can't, they can't keep with him. Yeah. There was one moment in the game where um, Emil Reese is chasing... Philip Billing mm. and just Billing just could not get away from him. He was like six foot four, the ball's bouncing up in the air and in yeah. the end it's it's Chad Evans that comes away with the ball because Billing is just not up to the fight. And exactly. that's and yeah. that's mm-hmm. Chad Evans it takes some punishment, that man, doesn't he? And yeah. he puts himself about and then Emil Reese comes on, yeah. exploits the space yeah. and profits from 
Chad Evans to work. And I can just see Cardiff being the sort of game where that would work more than mm. doing it the other way around. But I can see the argument there'd be some games where let Emil start and absolutely run run them ragged, you know, and hopefully get in the lead before yeah. you need to bring Evans on to maybe solidify it at the end and hold on. You yeah, know? see, I think you've got a choice against Cardiff because you could try and go toe-to-toe almost with mm. Ched Evans up against Morrison or Colwell or whoever's yeah. going to be at the back there mm-hmm. and hope he can out-muscle them yeah. and keep things linked. Or you could go with Emil Reese mm. and hope he gets in behind and you can avoid it coming off their breeze blocks all yeah. day. Yeah. But you've no guarantee of that, have you? Yeah. So or, you it, could, or you could play all three like you did yeah. in, uh, the other week, At wasn't Coventry. it? Yeah, yeah. Get Cameron so Archer in the 10. In, in the 10 position. No, but uh, I think he'll go. No, but it's interesting. If it had been anyone else away, I thought I think you'd be tempted to start Reeves, but I just think Cardiff, you might try and go and beat him up first. Yep, yep. We'll go to other questions from uh, Twitter. Well, one, Everton, how much will it cost to buy him? Yeah, In short, too much. Too much. Probably double-figure millions. Yeah. Um, left wing-back solutions until the end of the season. Now, we mentioned earlier Ali McCann. Everyone on. in the squad, I think. He seems yeah. to play. Every, I think everyone's worth, everyone's worth a crack, aren't yeah, they? At this yeah. point, you'll see Connor Ripley playing there. Yeah. Actually, I think. <laughs> um, Ali McCann did offer something. I thought he did. Yeah, he was used at right wing back early on. Could not get his head around it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps now he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Once we've got it out of the minds that they're not doing it as much in it, you've still got your defensive responsibilities. But if you're in there thinking, I'm not in here as a full back wing back. I'm here as an attacking wing back. I think players can accept it a bit more, to be fair. Whether will he will he see McCann as an option? I, I think I, I liked him there. I liked him coming on. I'd be I'd be tempted to play him at Cardiff. I'm just thinking of the structure. Did he think they're going to be coming under much pressure? I don't know. So Yeah. Especially um, from the wide areas. Yeah, yeah. They are generally a bit more up mm-hmm. and at them, aren't they? Yeah. More direct. It probably doesn't put your wide players yeah. into as much I pressure. think I don't think Greg Cunningham is that far off now. So mm. he's an option. Whether you'd chuck him straight back in with no I'm sure he wouldn't mind a run out at Cardiff. Cardiff, but, no. Because yeah. no, he, he went there, didn't he, and came back. So, yeah, he's an option. But, you know, Earl at the moment's struggling. Let's put yeah, it that way. Yeah. Um, so it's certainly an option, you know, mechanics. It's one thing bringing him off, bringing Earl off and putting McCann on when you're chasing, you know, chasing a win like you were with the ascendancy against Bournemouth. Do you do it from the start? It's an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bambo will be better than Maldini. Oh, Maldini has posters of uh, Bambo Diaby in his room. If Bambo was to ask me that question, I'd agree with him. Oh, oh, I'd, he I'd, could I'd, ask me any question. Yeah, I'd yeah, agree yeah. With yeah. <laughs> uh, contracts due to expire, and thoughts on the youngsters too. Mm. Now we've we've covered this a few times, but the uh, contract expiring is a biggie mm. in the summer. Mm. Uh, there's plenty of mm. contracts expiring on decent money as well. Some yeah. of them, mm-hmm. and then. Youngsters for me, the current pros and the older-ish youngsters, we may as well just look past. I think at this point it seems, doesn't it? Ethan Walker, Adam O'Reilly, Jack Baxter, those sorts. It seems like they've not quite... O'Reilly's still got a year left after this. He's on loan over at St. Pat's in Dublin. But you've got Ethan Walker, Jack Baxter coming to the end of the contracts. Walker's... Was he a sub in the reserves last week? Yes, he came on. Yeah. Um, so that's the first time we've seen him for a while. Baxter's out on loan at Radcliffe, mm-hmm. who's been since October. So they're, they're the sort of same, roughly the same 
age group when yeah. they came through the academy, they don't seem to have sparked how they wanted. So you, you've got a question mark about, about them. With the youngsters, though, you, you're looking, you've got the four first, current first-year pros, Rodwell Grant, Holland Wilkinson, Lombard and Coulton. Mm-hmm. A couple of them are out on loan at the moment. Well, three of them are out on loan. I think Lombard's been out on loan. They've all got another year's option on top of that. So sometimes if, if they've got the reserve side now, they might think, well, it's worth triggering. Yeah. Not on a lot Not of money. cost the earth, is it? Yeah. I think the real sort of, and well, the real promising youngsters seem to be just a bit below that, yeah. Noah Mawenny, uh, Josh Seary, who both signed pro deals. When, when they signed, they signed apprentice forms, scholarship mm. forms, but also for pro deals to kick in when they hit 17, which they both have now. Yeah. Then you've got Lewis Lee who signed a pro contract. Yep. You've then you got at the moment from that second year crop, you've got Mikey O'Neill mm. coming through who seems to be the one who's catching the attention. Jacob Slater as well, mm-hmm. he, he is as well. So he, he, they, they seem to have quite a strong sort of younger young core out of the younger group, if you know what I mean. You yeah, know, like Lewis Lee's a second year pro. He's a uh, second year trainee. He's already signed a pro contract. So it's which ones out of that group, age group now are going to get a pro deal who haven't got what you think Mikey or Neil might do, seeing he has been in the first team squad, yep. warming up on the pitch with him a couple of times, etc. So, you know, and, and Slater and people like that. So, yeah, there's there's a good crop under there. And yeah. then the, the, the sort of first team players out of contract, you've got Scott Sinclair's your big one, isn't yeah. he? you got Rafferty. Barkhazen, Paul Huntington, etc. Ripley? Ripley is, Matt Hudson is, who's out yeah. alone at Bamber Bridge. He got so sent off. Got sent off and he was, yeah, for handling outside the box. Yeah, a bit harsh. But um, yeah, so you've got quite a crop of players there who could go. Um, yeah. I can't see too many getting, who, who are, you know, the uh, Patrick Bauer and Andrew Hughes got new deals. Yeah. They were negotiating with Barkhazen, that seems to have, put on the back burner he's been injured as well it's not been best timed injuries for him hasn't it yeah mm. having got through most of his north end career playing a lot of games and rarely being and injured. probably carrying knocks as yeah, well yeah yeah he's suddenly been hit but he's had a bad season with covid and the injury you know so uh not not through any fault of his own really but yeah. um come back one of his comeback games from the bad ankle injury he got, he's pulled his calf down at Swansea and we've not mm. seen him since then, you know. So so I suppose, yeah, Sinclair and um, Barcaves and the two sort of headline acts in that group. Yeah, Hunt, Obviously, Paul Huntington was back in the 25-man squad now, back on the bench on Saturday, so he's back there. But do you give him another year or not? You know, he's... he's <laughs> Head and heart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure everyone connected to North End would love to see Hunt's yeah. day at PNE as long yeah. as it's physical, physically yeah. possible. Yeah. But Rafferty, I know he quite likes, mm. even though he's more just a sort of substitute. He, I know he quite likes him, Ryan Lowe quite likes him, but whether it earns him another contract, I'm not too sure. So. Might depend on other options yeah. out there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, one thing, if we could, another segue here, Tom. Mm-hmm. Ownership could yes. come, have a big influence on contracts. Yep. There's all there's a talk at the moment of Chris Kirshner coming in from the States and taking North End over. If that was to happen before the end of the season, you know, or over the next couple of months, obviously it's a new regime. They're going to have different ideas on contracts you would have thought, or you yeah. know, they they might decide. Or might even have different it. budgets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's that you know, could, that financial could fair play. It depends what you can bring in. If they come yeah. in and can get big sponsorship deals or whatever, mm-hmm. then. 
budgets are able to change yeah. or they might just be able to put more money in, whatever. So yeah. it is a little bit up in the air, isn't yeah. it, I suppose. Um, it, it'll be difficult for someone like Ryan Lowe trying to, uh, already even, you know, at March time, this mm-hmm. is kind of where the things start yeah. picking up a little bit to get people in for May, June time. You've got to start lining up your ducks a little bit. Yeah, don't you? yeah. Having a look what's available in the summer, who mm. might be available. Uh, Probably know by now who's not going to sign a new deal, for example. Yeah, yeah. And who at other clubs, yeah, who you yeah. think might be available on the Bosman, for example, or yep. who might be reaching a last year of his contract and you might think, well, we could have, we've got we'll get him a bit cheaper in the summer than if we'd tried to get him a year ago, etc. So, yeah. And that... You know, and, and that's where we are in the ownership. You know, the, the ownership could change between now and um, in the summer when these contract situations are, are taking place. Yeah, because obviously there's a lot going on on Twitter at the moment, it, all mm. ongoing. No particularly new No, I've, I've, uh, he's obviously very interested in talking. Yeah. They talk, it's, 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 it's two parties, it's... Him and the Hemmings family, his negotiations aren't with PNE, mm. it's with the Hemmings family because they own the club, you know. Yeah, that's, they own that's, the company. It's two, yeah, it's two. The, the, the old non, non disclosure agreements will have been signed between them, trying to sort of. He'd gone quite quiet on Twitter. Yeah. You know, he, he said a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but he's gone pretty quiet now, I've seen. He did like a couple of my tweets. <laughs> yeah. He's been like a few North End tweets, and he's clearly yeah, keeping his eye Yeah, in. yeah, so. Uh, but it's got to be one, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a business transaction. It's probably more, if you, if someone wants to buy North End, it's probably not the most difficult one to do. Mm. They've not got de- outstanding debts, yeah. which can confuse it. It's yeah, not from like, a business aspect, yeah, it's not Kirchner, too bad. Kirchner, when he tried to buy Derby before, before Christmas, he's obviously trying to buy him out from the administrator with them being in yeah. administration, and which they, brings all manner of complications. They, and they don't own their own stadium and no. all that sort of stuff, yeah. so they still so have to pay Mel com- Morris. And so it's a bit of a complicated deal, I suppose, it, you know, if this one was to happen, it'd be a lot more straightforward, but it, it's not quite as easy as yeah. sort of... Because you've got all the EFL requirements yeah, and things yeah. to You've got to due diligence to do, you've got, like, business plans to put forward, yeah. which not necessarily take months and months, but... Mm. The, it's still you know, part of the process still part that you've got to do. And, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, with these sales, there's a lot of boxes to tick. I'm not sitting on the fence here or anything, but I do think there's been a lot of talk about it being imminent, whether imminent, what imminent means. It it, it could take a few weeks, you know, if it's yeah. going to happen. Is Weeks might be quite quick in business terms. I don't know, you know, but mm. um, I think if, if Kirchner does want to buy the club and take it over, ideally you are doing it fairly soon to plan for, because as we say, planning for the summer with contracts and targets, etc. You don't want to be a new owner coming in in June, July, when a lot of that's already been done at other clubs. Yeah. Because I suppose... You're playing, you're paying, playing catch up and you yeah. can also get probably priced yeah. a premium for everyone because yeah. people's plans are already in place. And if you want to disrupt that, they yeah. know you've got new money coming in. Yeah. They will charge you what they yeah, want to yeah. charge you so you've got yeah you don't you've be got, sympathetic yeah you got to have your, your planning lined up so the if it can be done the you know the sooner the better hmm. yep and uh one more then the cop yeah the cop being split in the atmosphere I like that it. i think it's worth yeah. yeah 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 i don't think you know there was a bit of fear about oh it would leave big gaps in other parts of the stadium I've, it's not noticeable is it you know no but, I've not. There's a nice big group of people of sort of the last two games when they've done this up at the top of the stand. Yeah, you know, it's, it's added to a good, a good atmosphere. You know, it look, it, it's not packed. No, 
the north-hand side of the copy's not packed, but there's a good bunch, good sort of first sort yeah, of 15 bunch. rows coming from the top to yeah, about yeah. halfway down, good bunch together, you know, make that little bit of noise at that end of the stadium. It can only be good. Blackpool game, North End part of the cop sold out already, yeah. you know, before a lot of the stadium is starting to go as well. So, yeah, I think it's worth doing. Yeah, yeah fair enough. You know, you, especially for the Blackpool match, just stewarding and police costs is going to be a bit more mm-hmm. than, than it would be for say. And it is yeah. generally that North End um, wouldn't normally have police, uh, a police presence in, I think, in that stand, mm-hmm. but they do now have to because they've got yeah. two sets of fans. So I suppose yeah. there is that aspect yeah. from the club. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it, I think it's worth it. I mean, even if nothing else, just to have North End fans close mm-hmm. to Bournemouth fans, just to give them some proper stick, like yeah. you would expect yeah. at a football it match. It creates some atmosphere at exactly. both ends of the ground. You know, yeah. like um, when if you're going, you know, North End kick that way in the first half, you're going to take the corner and you look up and you just see 800 Bournemouth fans and no one else. Yeah. It's a little bit sort of, at least you got some of your fans there. Brownie said that actually, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the, the press conference last week when he was mm-hmm. saying about the cop, he said, um, it, it, it surprised him at first. He, he couldn't get used to it. He was there thinking, like he was hearing a sound from the other end of the uh, of the stadium, and we couldn't figure out like what was going on and, and things. And yeah, it's kind of funny that because I suppose, however long Brownie's been here, I don't think the cop has really no. been open over the last ten years well, or so. Probably, I think. I think the last oh, the, time, the playoff, the playoffs against Chesterfield, Chesterfield it yeah. was, but. Before that, it was sporadic as yeah. well because the attendances weren't great. You know, yeah. there was no need for it. But during the David Moyes era, then going into the Billy, you know, the, the cot was built, what, late na- 1998, wasn't it? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving into the 2000s, ends of Moyes' start of Craig Brown, Billy Davis era, it was... Re- it was the norm at North End that the cot was split into. Yeah. It didn't matter who you were playing, whether you were play, even playing Blackpool, Blackburn, whatever. Yep. It was half. Well, not Blackburn. We didn't play them during that era, but it was it was half and half. I've sat in. I sat in the cop mm. plenty of times. You know, if I, I wasn't covering North End at the time, and it was a really good atmosphere in there. But it was always the norm that the cot was split in two. Yeah. There was none of this sort of saving it big occasions for a big away following yeah, yeah, yeah. 5,000 that, that that came later so and it's almost, almost fans have always said it's like we're almost been too nice too mm. welcoming too generous to give yeah. away fans that yeah. whole end and to split it not only kind of limits their freedom limits them but I like I like the like I said before I like the little presence next to them yeah. that North End fans can go, make go, the noise going further back tell me back, back to the 90s it was 1992 1993 when John Beck were manager North End fans used to have the cop, which mm. then was a big terrace with a little roof at the back. Mm. And the away fans were in the town end, which was a terrace split into two, and they used to have one side of it and the other was left empty. North End fans campaigned to get back into the town end with John Beck's help, mm. saying it would create a better atmosphere. So we all moved down there <laughs> and... People stayed on the cop. The away fans were put in, I think, the West End part of the world. The West End was now the Finney. And then, obviously, with all the redevelopment of the ground, you know, people were moved around at different stages. But yeah. now we're back into the thing where yeah. we, we left... <laughs> full the, circle. We, we left the cop, you know, and, you know, now we want to get back into it, you yeah. know, so... Uh, but I, I think it do, I think it does help having fans at both ends. Of the and a like, nice little bit as, as well, it... If North End lose a toss and they're flipped around, you're still shooting towards your own fans. You've got some which fans. Because not, Nottingham Forest did that to us, didn't they? They mm. won the toss and they swapped round now. Yeah. Yeah, North End so did the same at Coventry. Coventry, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, shenanigans, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that toss of the coin, it can... Uh... And Ryan Lowe getting his steps in at the end of the game now. He does, yeah. He did the old uh, run and fist pump first <laughs> at the cop end, then he did it at the town end. I don't know yeah. if it takes a little bit away from the second one because we've seen him do it away so many times. Mm. But he didn't do it for the Barnsley game in the first game in charge no. when we won. It was just a sort of round of applause, getting used to it. The sort of run and fist pump started at Stoke, yeah. it? and then it's carried on every time they've won there. So yeah. uh, that was nice to see it done, but... Didn't do one in front at press box, did he? No, he didn't, no. didn't come to us in the finish yeah. stand to punch in the uh, air. Yeah. Didn't go over to the Invincibles. So no, no. hey, they're playing the big books as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's, that's Ryan's next job, isn't it? Yeah. All, all four corners, of the, all sides, four yeah. sides of the ground. But I'm waiting till the day where there's just been a bit of rain mm. and he does his running fist bump. And he falls over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to happen. That's my. If I was ever on the pitch, that's that'd be my fear. It's, gonna, yeah. it's probably going to happen at some point. But I, I like the way, though, when... Low does his run and his fist pump. Or I noticed the players after a win, they're staying out a lot longer. Yeah. You know, there is a... And he's gathering them together yeah. if, they're, if they're trying to leave. No, no, yeah. come on, we're going over. I yeah. saw him pointing over towards the, the cop. Come yeah. on, we're going over there. We've got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's easier. If you finish in the middle, it's easier just to turn towards the yeah. the, the dugout, clap the Kelly and, and, yeah, and Finney down, and the Invincibles yeah. on your way and you can yeah. and you can go down. Yeah. But they're going out of the way to go and thank the, the fans in the cop yeah it's much more you know and just just to pull into all sides of the ground yeah. it's good to do you know get quite close to them I know oh, it's Brentford isn't it their new stadium they they every match win lose or draw they stay on the pitch and they almost do a lap of honour I'm not right. asking for that <laughs> but I just think it's nice that the, yeah. the players do seem to stay out of it's not just low on his own you know yeah. like uh, lose 3-2 to Reading and do a lap of honour <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not maybe not yeah. no no, no. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that's that's everything for this week, Dave. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I just hope two away games coming up now, a few mm. miles on the clock. Oh yeah, up. and then the yeah. big break in between. Yeah, because extended y- internationals. You could do could do with a decent points return over these yeah. next two games because the Blackpool game's been taken off the Saturday and put after the international break, after the Derby game. So it's free it's free away games on the bounce either side of the break. The break lasts two and a half weeks now for North End as opposed to yeah. just your standard two. Um, so you don't really want a bat big gap with going into it on the back of a couple of disappointing results. You want to come back in April, you know, with something still to play for. Even if it's a bit of a faint hope we can make the playoff mathematically, you still want something to aim for, don't you? Yeah. You don't want to come back in April just thinking, well, we've got to see out these yeah, next we've five got, weeks. We've got a Blackpool and a Blackburn yeah. match before the end of the season and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, give themselves something to play for, you know, and uh, so hopefully that can be the case. Yes, absolutely. Well, all that's left to say is uh, keep in touch with us on Twitter at Tom Sandals at Seds underscore LEP and at LEP underscore football for daily PNE stories. The same on LEP.co.uk and buy a paper, buy the Lancashire posters, daily North End content as well as other Lancashire football content in there as well. But all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening.